Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are here with the cutest one, and that is Sarah Heron, the deputy editor of Us Weekly and host of Here for the Right Reasons Bachelor Podcast. Hey. Hey. You said my name right. Thank you. Oh, I thought I knew how to say it, but then I went back and listened to your podcast to make sure I was saying it. Wow, correctly. you do yeah. research. Yeah, I had to impress Well, you let's right not the- get too ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> you already won me over. <laughs> We're so excited to talk with you. I feel like we've been internet friends for a long yes. time. A hundred percent. When I saw your email, I was like, I think I know exactly where this is coming from. And I double checked. I did my research and I was like, oh, yeah. Before we get into the movie, Chelsea, I'm afraid to ask, what are you for Halloween this week? Well, thank you for asking. So as you know, my theme for this season is things that scare Donnie. So I brought some supplemental props today. So first... I have my brown hair, my red lipstick, my jean jacket. I have my coffee mug. Oh, I know. And I have my 3,000 words (laughs) per minute. And I went in honor of the 22nd anniversary of Gilmore Girls. I went as Donnie Hadfield-Smith's personal nemesis, Lorelai Gilmore. Oh, I hate it so much. (laughs) Wow. I'm out. And I went as Sarah Michelle Gellar when she gets her hair cut off in I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I came with props of my own, which is just more hair (laughs) that I'll sprinkle on myself throughout the recording. Oh, gosh. Wonderful. (laughs) So let's talk about the week in history when the movie came out. So the movie, which is I Know What You Did Last Summer, in case I didn't say it yet, and you couldn't tell by my wonderful cosplay, (laughs) the movie was released October 17th, 1997, which tomorrow, when this episode airs, tomorrow is the 25th anniversary. And Chelsea and I did not plan that. I wish we could say we did, but... (laughs) Oh my God, take credit. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, cut that out, Chelsea. (laughs) It's so annoying that the internet has taken like... 22nd anniversary, as you mentioned, Gilmore Girls, 13. Like, we really beat those to death. So 25 is at least something to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when couples first get together and they don't have any experience and they're like, we're one month in. Like, all right. (laughs) Call me when it's real. Yeah. This is just a PSA. Now let's just go on a quick little tangent. I play a game on social media on Instagram that if a couple posts, like a loving post, about each other that's more than four sentences long, they are going through it. Mm. Like if you have a post that starts with like, I just want to take the time for my best friend. And then there's three sentences following that of like all their wonderful attributes. Mm. I'm like, somebody cheated. Somebody's unhappy. Somebody's (laughs) threatening to leave. Somebody's sleeping on the couch. And I just keep my eye on those couples. So That's smart. I'm going to start adding those to the Us Weekly prep list of couples to watch for breakups (laughs) to pre-write. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that That'll be my new strategy. That's your reporter. Congrats. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Freelance work. We love it. So number one song. This is the first time ever for the podcast. Number one song in the United States and also the UK at the same exact time. I mean, I wish the situation was different, but it was Candle in the Wind. So so that's, (laughs) that's beautiful, but... Oh my god, dark. We don't need to talk about why. <laughs> oh yeah, very dark. Oh my god, okay. I like to sprinkle that in, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and number one in the box office was The Devil's Advocate, which I never saw. Me either. When it came out, I was only like 11 years old. An advocate always seemed too similar to the word accountant. <laughs> so I was like, that sounds boring. Even though the devil is included, it sounds like a lot of math. And to this day, couldn't tell you what it was about. <laughs> if only it was the devil's homeliness, because then you would have wanted to, just like I would have. Home. I would have taught you a thing or two. <laughs> but this movie I loved so much. So when they had the novel at the Scholastic Book Fair, I immediately bought it with the $10 I came sporting. So now I just want to 
praise the Scholastic Book Fair a little bit. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> I loved the Scholastic Book Fair day. I was always ill prepared. Like I knew it was coming and then I always forgot to like tell my parents or bring home that little like booklet where you could like clip your money. So I was always the girl that was just like touching the books lovingly. (laughs) Like I was like, oh, one day you will be mine. And it wasn't like my parents weren't going to then like get me the book, but there was something about like standing in that checkout line at the Scholastic Mm -hmm. Book Fair that really just made you feel like you were a part of something. (laughs) Yeah, I was the opposite. I was that girl who like left that catalog around everywhere so her mom couldn't miss it. No matter what it was that I was looking for, I just like (laughs) dropped hints throughout my house and hope my parents picked up on it. And I Mm -hmm. didn't really read, but I just like wanted to have the books also to look cool. (laughs) I always remember getting a lot of diaries at that book fair also and never actually filling them out after like two days. (laughs) One time, you know how in that little booklet thing, they had like the subscription boxes you could sign up for? One year, I guess my parents were feeling particularly upper middle class. So they let me subscribe for a couple months. But you could either pick like like a Happy Meal, the boy one or the girl one. Mm-hmm. I obviously picked the girl one because all the little toys and bookmarks and stuff were like more my interest. But then the books were just too girly. It was mm-hmm. like, are you there? God is me, Margaret. Yeah, we, like, where's, uh, a, yeah. where's the gay boy option? <laughs> that book was a reset, though. Yeah. That taught me a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why it's so surprising to me that you never read the book forever, because that would have been 100% up your alley. And we've I talked about it. What it, it was like a, literally about like boners. Oh, you did tell me that. And it was a girl book? It was, yeah, it was Judy Bloom. Yeah, it was Judy called Bloom. Forever. It was about a girl getting like her first boyfriend and they were going to be forever. And it's like her first time doing all these things. That's something that keeps me up at night is thinking about me just openly reading that book in like a sixth or seventh grade classroom. Like my teachers knew what a little like horn dog I was. And I was just sitting there like second row from the back reading forever. What was this? Were you sniffing the pages too? No, no, that was me opening the book. (laughs) Oh, I was very uncomfortable. I didn't pretend to be a mime, Donnie. (laughs) Doing the best I can. That was for the Patreon, the video subscribers. Well, let's plug that then while we're here. So if you want to see Chelsea's... um, acting go to <laughs> patreon.com slash i am the cute one where you can watch or listen to our unedited videos or audio <laughs> if you choose that option <laughs> all right so now i'll give a little background information and then sarah i promise i'll let you talk i didn't just come here to <laughs> tell you facts about the movie no i love the hours. facts <laughs> okay well <laughs> It was directed by Jim Giuseppe, who directed two Queen music videos and then a Sylvester Stallone movie called I, like E-Y-E, I See You. Oh, Oh. ominous. Yeah. It's kind of cute. I won't be watching. (laughs) We won't cover that on the podcast. I won't be watching (laughs) that. (laughs) I see what you did there. Thanks. It was written by... Fan favorite, Kevin Williamson, and based on the novel by Lois Duncan, which wait till we get to the trivia. Lois was pissed. Oh. Yeah. Is this like IMDb trivia? Because I can't get through a movie without reading the IMDb trivia like three times. It is the IMDb trivia. And I don't even like try to change it like I'm doing a book report. I say it word for word. Oh, perfect. So if you get facts from this podcast, you could also get it from IMDb. But we thank you for listening. I also learned recently that you can submit IMDb facts quite easily. (gasps) I did it myself. And I was like, oh, so anyone can be writing things here. I did it for um, the Peacock Christmas movie with Kyle Richards. Oh, I'm familiar. Yeah. I found it blasphemy that they didn't have Porsche's cameo in the trivia. So I created a profile and submitted it. And within 24 hours, it was approved. And I feel as though there was no fact checking. And so now I'm like, everything I've read on IMDb, is it true? I don't know. I mean, I'm going to take it as fact, but just so you know, you can, you can do it too. Wow. But honestly, that kind of makes our podcast brand even more (laughs) authentic that we could potentially be reading essentially like (laughs) Wikipedia facts. Exactly. We did our book report based (laughs) on Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. It feels right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sure does. I am the cute one is now looking for sponsors. If you have a business you'd like to promote, email I am the cute one podcast at gmail.com to inquire about rates and packages. So this is our third Kevin Williamson movie on the podcast. So everyone knows about all of his other popular works by now. So instead, I'll tell you about something of his you need to watch if you haven't. And that is The Following, which was on TV from 2013 to 2015. Sarah, did you watch? I just know it's Kevin Bacon. Okay, that's really I watched. I didn't no, watch No, you it. didn't. Yes, Chelsea. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. 
Now let me blow your mind, Chelsea and Sarah. I mean, it's more mind-blowing for Chelsea because she watched, but... Just knowing Kevin Bacon's in it, <laughs> this can blow your mind, too. It was the original plot for Scream 4, oh. and it was supposed to be Matthew Lillard as the one in jail with the cult. But then the studio was like, no, I don't think so. So then Kevin Williamson turned it into a TV show instead. Wow. What a guy. <laughs> He's in it all. From Dawson's Creek to yeah. the following. <laughs> so the budget for this movie, and I know Chelsea and I have spent this month truly asking you what kind of success rate a movie is, we're like, 10 million, is that good? This movie taught me what a success is. Because it cost 17 million to make, and it made 126 million worldwide. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a movie. (laughs) Don't worry, darling, could never. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care how long the standing ovation is. Sorry, bros. (laughs) Too soon. soon. (laughs) For the record, I saw both of those movies and liked them, but... (laughs) So the taglines for this movie literally had like 20. I only came with three. What if I read all 20 right now? I'm not going to. But I only came with three. And they are, he's got a hook on them. Get it? I get it. Don't love. Don't love. There's another one that says, not all secrets stay buried. Okay. A little better. No, not better because the body was never buried. True. It was underwater. So you're really going to hate the third one. If you're going to bury the truth, make sure it stays buried. Again, you're right. They said buried buried twice. And his name Uh is Barry. Isn't Ryan Phillippe's name Barry? (laughs) So that feels like a missed opportunity or silly. I don't know. It seems like there could have been a thesaurus involved. So we didn't have to use Barry buried, you know? I think they thought they were doing something. Like when poets try to make a rhyme and they just use the word twice. Like That's not a rhyme. That's the same word. Like when Kid Rock famously tried to rhyme bottle with tomorrow <laughs> that's literally the opposite of what i just said but okay <laughs> when did he do that in all summer long not familiar oh drinking whiskey out the bottle not thinking about tomorrow oh that's what the song's called all summer long oh, that wow. song tormented me it still haunts my dreams i'm gonna have it stuck in my head for the next two months and i did it to myself i didn't know that was his attempt at a rhyme but now i'll listen to that song differently now <laughs> Yeah. Well, Chelsea said it, but she practically <laughs> just wrote an IMDb fact. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean it's true. But now it is time for trivia. So let's start with Loie. Lois Duncan, as I said, was pissed. Warning, Sarah, this is dark too. Oh, she was God. appalled that her book, where the characters are only stalked and not killed in the book, she was appalled that it was reworked into a slasher movie because in 1989, her youngest daughter was murdered. And she said in an interview, as the mother of a murdered child, I don't find violent death something to squeal and giggle about. And Miramax said, sorry, <laughs> you sold us the rights, baby. As a mother of a murdered child is so <laughs> dark as a descriptor. It's like when you're on The Bachelor and it says your job. Lois, 32, <laughs> mother of murdered daughter. <laughs> she said, as the mother of a murdered child. And then they put up ace card down and said, <sighs> we don't care. I mean, that is so fucked up and horrifying, but yeah. she was still writing about a stalker. Yeah, they didn't turn the babysitter's club into a slasher. Right. Also, I think one of the best parts <laughs> of this movie is that they kill two of them because I forgot. <laughs> like, it's shocking to, I mean, like, I remembered, but like, it's like, oh, yeah. they actually go there, which they don't usually do that in movies. Like, who kills yes. Sarah Michelle Gellar? Thank you. And also, speaking of, did you guys ever read, like, the Gossip Girl books that were reimagined as a slasher movie? No. Oh, they, Cicely Von Ziegler, whatever her name is, uh-huh. she wrote Gossip Girl. And then, like, years later after the show came out to try to keep it going, she did, like, spinoffs and stuff. And one of the ones she did was she rewrote, like, the first Gossip Girl book. And, like, Blair and Serena were killers. Incredible. <laughs> Worth reading I in October if you're trying to get spooky. If you're not following along on the Patreon, Donnie actually just logged off so that he could go read that book <laughs> it instead probably of recording. It's not even available anywhere. You're going to think like I made it up, but I swear to God it happened. I'll find it on eBay at the very least. <laughs> and also another fun fact about Lois Duncan, she like wrote her books in the 70s. Like I Know What You Did Last Summer was written in 1973. And every 15 years, she republishes it and just changes technology. So it just came out again recently where they have cell phones and stuff. That's actually 
really interesting because yeah. that was one of the, my biggest takeaways of this watching it again this morning with my coffee. I was like, oh yeah, if they had phones, this would have it would have just been pretty little liars, but also um right. it would have been much easier for the group. And that's the I know what you did last summer TV show was on some network. Amazon I Hulu think. or some Amazon. Yes, you're I didn't watch it, but the press releases run through my head. They live run free, <laughs> unfortunately. I did watch it and that's I felt like it was just pretty little liars because they were just mm-hmm. receiving Threats through text. I was like, okay, we've all done this. Um, we've all done this. <laughs> we've all been threatened. <laughs> or sent a threat. I actually have follow-up questions yeah. for Donnie. Were you on the receiving end or the giving end of those threats? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. we both know both, the yep. answer. Um, my last bit of trivia is Reese Witherspoon auditioned for the movie. And then after they offered her the role, she backed out and said, no, never mind. But then she suggested they cast Ryan Phillippe instead, who was her boyfriend at the time. Wow. I wonder if that was her plan all along. I wonder what else she was doing. Mm. And I wonder what she turned it down for. Someone let you guys know and then let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave what part was she? The Sarah Michelle Geller part? I don't know, because that's another thing I found out, is that Sarah Michelle Geller auditioned for Julie and Jennifer Love Hewitt auditioned for Helen. And then they said flip-flop. I need to just speak my truth. I've been tiptoeing around this, but now I think it's time. Oh, no. <laughs> just say it. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh my is... God. I thought you were going to talk about the other one. No. Oh. Jennifer Love Hewitt <laughs> is the human equivalent of like a bag of beans. Like she is so bland. <laughs> you think? She's the ghost whisperer. I know. Chelsea doesn't know what she's talking Wait, about. Wait, you know what's okay. so funny though is not this is like so random, but the former bachelorette Claire just got engaged today, which is a whole other story. But Jennifer Love Hewitt was one of the people who commented congratulating her. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Like a bag of beans would. <laughs> like, oh, girl, you're better than this. A bag of beans. So I'm blocked by that Claire on, on Instagram, but Jennifer Love Hewitt is in her DMs congratulating her. What did you do to get blocked? I have no idea. It happened a long time ago when they announced Claire was like old school bachelor. And then when they announced her as the lead a couple of years ago, I was in a cab in London, went to go be like, oh, I wonder how many followers she has to like clock it. And I was like, oh my God, a bachelorette without Instagram. Like what a concept. And my cousin goes, what are you talking about? And that's how I realized like <gasps> I couldn't, I don't look her up. And I was like, a bitch. So I don't oh, know. Wow. So now I just have to stalk her from the US Weekly Instagram. I still see you, Claire. Ha <laughs> 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 ha, Claire's. Jokes on you're you. You're not going to block Us Weekly. <laughs> no, you're not. Congrats on your engagement. Wow. So now we've reached the part of the show where we talk about what character, if any, we identify as. So, Sarah, you can go first. Oh, my God. Wow. Hopefully not Anne Heesh. Um <laughs> I'm just trying to think who do I identify with. I mean, my favorite character is obviously Helen. I'm a, I am love Sarah Michelle Gellar. Love me some Buffy. All that jazz. So, like, I want to be a Helen, but I'm scared that I'm probably a Julie. Okay. Yeah. I would not wear those overalls, but I also don't think I could pull off the crown, you know? So maybe I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I get it. Chelsea. Yeah. I feel like I am half Helen and half the killer. I like to be the center of attention. I also find myself in toxic family relationships, just like Helen. Also, the fisherman, I love petty revenge. I love to seek revenge. I love to plan revenge. I love to plant little petty seeds. Now, I've never murdered someone. I want to make that very clear, Mm, but I do resonate. I also, you know what? I like a bucket hat, too. So. I actually want to change my answer. I think I'm really Elsa, the useless sister. Um, in this scenario, Love I, Elsa. I'd probably be Elsa, who wasn't hustling enough to keep the killer out, <laughs> if I'm being honest. You don't know how many times in my life I just say, Elsa, open the goddamn door for no reason. <laughs> I didn't even do a combo platter this week. I am just Ben Willis. I'm only the fisherman. Wow. And for the very same reasons Chelsea said, I am petty and I hold a grudge. Haven't murdered anyone that I know about but everything else like sending anonymous messages before the internet even like on paper like notes in school <laughs> yeah wow uh-huh okay Ben Willis energy. how was it anonymous I wrote with my left hand you used the hook <laughs> And it wasn't threatening, just uh, like it was ominous, not threatening. Mm. Just keeping things fresh in the third grade, you know, keeping people on their toes. Why not? Uh, You're a purist, stalking, no murdering. Exactly. Lois would be thrilled. (laughs) We're going to hell. Sarah, now we're going to put one minute on the clock and you can give us a little synopsis. 
Time starts now. Okay. Decades before we had A from PLO, we had four friends played by mostly actors with three names who are generally more well-known for other work, (laughs) haunted by our fishermen who they hit with their car after a 4th of July pageant and threw into the ocean so Reese Witherspoon's future ex-husband wouldn't get a DUI. What results is epic screams, several murders, and an accidentally great haircut, plus the marriage of the future Daphne and Fred from Scooby-Doo, written by the guy behind Dawson's Creek, which we know because of the Dawson's Beach reference. (laughs) That is incredible. That might be the best one we've ever had. I didn't want to say it because I know other guests listen, and I don't want them to send us messages writing with their left <laughs> hands, but I agree, Sarah. That's the best one we've ever Thank had. Thank you. I'm just obsessed <laughs> with the fact that they all have three names. Like, it's insane. <laughs> Truly. My aunt asked me that when I was in middle school. She's like, don't you like anyone with two names? I was like, well, you have two, and I don't like you, so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so not you. <laughs> So that was perfect. Let's start covering this movie. Actually, before we even get there, Chelsea, I need to curse you out. Okay. (laughs) Cool. Welcome. Um, Mm -hmm. We covered I Know What You Did Last Summer, Cruel Mm -hmm. Intentions, and Scooby-Doo on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I made you watch Scream 2 a year ago, and I know you never saw Buffy. So do you... A crime. Consider yourself someone that likes Sarah Michelle Gellar, or did you spend your life not knowing she's an icon? Because you were introduced to her a year ago. Well, I mean, I knew her. Did you? You knew she lived. I knew she lived. I knew she was an icon. I knew what she was in, but I just hadn't seen anything with her. Wow. And she's fine. She's fine? (laughs) She's fine. I'm offended too. How do we log her out? Yeah. What the hell? I think she's fine. I think I like her. I like her. I don't think you like her. (laughs) It doesn't sound like you You like her. her. I'm not trying to get a left-handed note, Sarah. My neck is hot. Okay. I don't dislike her. I don't feel strong feelings for her. I think she's stunning. I think that she obviously is an icon in that time period. I don't think I have the pangs of nostalgia for her just because I did see all of her movies as a grown-up. It took me a while to figure her out because I knew her. I've seen her on magazines, posters, etc. I didn't realize that her voice sounded like she was wearing nose plugs. <laughs> so it took a while for me to like accept that that was not a character choice and that was her voice was that she had a sinus infection always. Well, if you ever watch the episode of Buffy where they sing, you will be shocked to your score <laughs> because, wow. <laughs> so <clears throat> you can start the... I will, I will. (laughs) Sarah, I know this is mixed company. I do apologize. This is something I would normally only say to Chelsea, but I just had to pull down my underwear because my privates are hot after listening to you say that. (laughs) So Sarah, you can, um, when we log off, I'm going to be writing about six sentences about my partnership with Donnie and how well we're doing. Great. So, you know, just keep tabs on this This is an exclusive. (laughs) Jesus, Donnie. Never say that to another guest. That's sexual harassment. (laughs) I know. I'll send you the HR form when we're off. I'd love to see what that looks like. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it with my left hand. (laughs) Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as 
Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So during the opening credits, we see a drunk man sitting on the cliffs overlooking the ocean. And immediately I remembered how convoluted this movie is because... We'll break down the plot, obviously, in this episode. But if you call me three hours from now, I won't be able to tell you the plot of this movie. I forgot about the beginning, for sure. Yeah. The guy on the cliff. Yeah, there's a lot of twists and turns. And I can never tell if I'm stupid or if the movie is just like, oh, well, we have all these superstars, so we don't really need for dots to be connected. Mm. Maybe, Maybe both. Because yeah. I feel the same way about myself. Like I was like, this shouldn't be hard to follow, but I did find myself on the Wikipedia page. Um, double-checking yeah. something at one point. And I was like, oh, this is sad. Also, it was like, maybe if I waited five more minutes, they would have just explained it. But I was right. trying to, you know, get ahead of it. But even when they explain it, though, it's just like to somebody else. I feel like everyone's a red herring, but they're still all connected. I really thought Johnny Galecki. I was like, gotta be him. <laughs> I was like, he's in this. Oh, oh yeah. definitely his fault. No. Mm-hmm. From Roseanne to first death. <laughs> but they, they were like, no, it's not David. It's David's girlfriend. No, it's David's girlfriend's sister. No, it's David's girlfriend's sister's father. Like, how far on this family tree do we need to go to find this killer? Right. And also, again, and he, sh- may she rest in peace. She was not okay. Like, there was, I don't, I know she wasn't like the problem <laughs> in the end, but like, she was not acting normal with that shotgun either. <laughs> no. Oh. No. With the credits out of the way, we meet our cast. Helen Shivers, the true star of the movie, even though Chelsea, well, she might agree. She's not a can of beans or whatever. Chelsea I identified called. as her. Yeah, but then you also hate Sarah Michelle Gellar. I you don't hate Sarah Michelle. S-M-G-H-A-E-R. Well, you'll have to go patreon.com slash I am the cute one to see my I hate Sarah Jessica Parker shirt. That's not her name. I mean. Christ, shut up. Okay, all right. So the three names is scrambling I know you and my aunt get confused by that Helen Shivers is the true star of the movie and she is crowned this year's croaker queen and her friends Barry and Ray watch from a dirty balcony as Ray's girlfriend and silent feminist queen Julie James giggles and listens to them talk about how nice Helen's boobs are now I'm gonna put my pussy hat on for a second because (laughs) Julie bothered me in this scene she was practically complicit So if it's a problem for you, Julie, speak up. And if it's not, shut up. But you like giggling and saying like, stop it. (laughs) Made me angry. Look at you. (laughs) This movie has like Hollywood elite. So it has Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Freddie Prince. And then because they're so like star studded, I forget that they're supposed to be white trash. (laughs) Yeah, I think the pageant reminds us. (laughs) Um, but other than that I would agree like I know white trash transcends socioeconomic status and I know that like they're supposed to be like the rich people and then the poor people who are jealous or wanting to be part of the rich people but I never put it together that they're all supposed to be white trash until like I think about it and like 
these are all people I could have gone to high school with. So that <laughs> tracks. Yeah. So our main four are white trash, but only for now, at least, because Ray and Helen are moving to New York for him to sit in coffee shops on his laptop and for her to be an actress. And Julie is going to college to be a lawyer. Barry, however, is... I think fine being white trash because he is going to stay where he is and starts a fight with Johnny Galecki for talking to Julie. And I forgot that he was in this movie because, you know, I know it's not a popular opinion, but I love the Big Bang Theory. Mm. I just I do. I'm a Big Bang head. (laughs) What they call you? The bang heads. Among other things. I've never met one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because that makes other people want to bang their heads against walls. (laughs) But I forgot that, like, he plays this role so well of, like, the quote-unquote nice guy. Like, he's the guy that's, like, he's nice. He's been your friend. And this is the type of guy who is, like, currently on a message board talking about how, like, females just don't appreciate the alpha male anymore. You know? Like, I truly – I was with you, Sarah. It had been a while since I had seen this. And I was, like – forgetting his role to play in this because I immediately was like, oh, well, him. <laughs> gotta be it's him. gotta be him. Yeah. I've seen this play out before him. Yeah. So the four friends ditch the town's July 4th party to have sex next to each other on a beach and tell scary stories about a man with a hook for a hand, which we'll talk in more detail on October 30th on our Urban Legend episode. You know I have not seen Urban Legend, but I'm starting to become like, I'm like very nervous to cover that movie mm-hmm. because these types of stories scared the shit out of me as a child like there were a couple that like fully is the reason I did not sleep from age like eight to present day the one with like the girl with the ribbon around her throat did you ever hear this Sarah of like she had the ribbon around her throat and her boyfriend was always like why do you wear the ribbon why do you wear the ribbon she wouldn't tell him and then finally she's on her deathbed and she's like okay it's time you can remove the ribbon and he takes the ribbon off of her head and her head falls off onto the ground (laughs) and then her mother was the it's mother of a murdered child or whatever. I used to wake up in the morning and like check just to make oh, sure that stop. my head was on my neck. And then the other one, and I didn't even fully write this name in my outline. Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like that whole thing. I used to literally in the middle of the night, if I had to pee, I sprinted to the bathroom. I flicked on those lights. I shut my eyes tight because I didn't even want the mirror to know I was thinking those words to have her appear in the mirror. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was really traumatized. (laughs) Did you guys get traumatized by any scary stories or just me? I only thing that comes to mind is there was some movie, and I don't remember what it's called. This is kind of a bad story, but like where whatever happened to the doll, whatever the girl did to the doll, what happened to her teacher? So like she would drag the doll up the stairs and the teacher would fall down the stairs the next day. I can't remember if she was doing it on purpose or not, but I've always kind of been scared of dolls. That and there was an episode of like Days of Our Lives where someone got hit by a car and I was scared of cars for a while. Oh, wow. <laughs> two things that traumatize no, me. No, it's fair. <laughs> Overall, like chain letters, chain emails, I can handle those. But I always forwarded. Just in case. <laughs> Cover yeah. our bases. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Barry continues to be the problem here. And quite frankly, if Helen learns anything in this movie, I hope that it's the fact that she's better than him. She deserves better. He's awful. Yeah. Because the four drive home, but drunk ass Barry shimmies out of the sunroof like he's at a Vegas bachelorette party <laughs> and he spills his liquor all over Ray. So with his eyes obviously not on the road, Ray hits a man that's crossing the street and the friends against Julie's better judgment decide to not tell the police and instead to dump his body in the ocean. And this is where I think they lost the plot, both the friends and Kevin Williamson. And they certainly lost me because... This man, they have him on the dock. He reaches out, grabs Sarah Michelle Geller's crown. They push him in the ocean anyway. And then he fights with Ryan Phillippe under the sea. <laughs> like, you know this man is not dead. Yeah. That was shocking to me, which I knew he wasn't dead because I, I remembered that, you know, he's the one who's whatever. Yeah. But it's not even close to him being dead when they think they got away with something. Like, he has a lot of life left in him. If you're fighting someone underwater. For Sarah Michelle Gellar's crown. Right. <laughs> My whole thing is, like, we didn't see anybody check a pulse. They literally saw him and were like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> Barry swears them all to secrecy, which Julie, the future lawyer, it drags her feet over, and then he chokes her out over the 
car. And it is not funny. He does it throughout the whole movie, basically. And if he's not physically doing it, he is choking her out with his eyes the whole movie. If he learns the force, it's all over. Because she's about to be, like, put up against a wall via Jedi mind tricks any moment Truly. now. He could not wait to beat her in this movie. And <laughs> Ray, with total, like, go-ahead, girl, give us nothing energy, he just says... Barry, let her go. Like, that is your girlfriend being choked out by your best friend. And it was here that I realized Julie, if she only learns one thing this movie, is that she is better than Ray. Which she doesn't learn. I don't know if you've ever seen I still know she did last summer. But they live, <laughs> spoiler alert, they're the only two who love them. They're still together. <laughs> We jump forward a year, and the four friends have not spoken to each other since that night. And a PTSD-ridden Julie comes home for the summer. And after being accused of drug use, she gets a letter in the mail with no return address. I know what you did last summer. In the 90s, you really had to work hard to stalk somebody. (laughs) Julie shows the note to Barry and Helen, who is not in New York, and instead works a perfume counter at her family's department store. And they basically shrug it off. They're like, no, we're fine. And this is where I do have an issue with the teenagers of this movie because they really think they're doing something. Like, they reference Angela Lansbury later. They think they're J.B. Fletcher. They are about as subtle as, like, me in any social situation. (laughs) Like, they're like, we've been so careful as they're, like, openly talking about the murder that they committed in a department store. Mm. They are so bad at being stealthy and then also i mean jumping ahead a little bit but like the four of them it must be like talked about in the small town that like this friend group hasn't been seen together for an entire year all of a sudden they're like congregating and whispering (laughs) and everybody has worried like stinky face you know they're all like you're all the time. So right that's the real story is if everyone came back from summer and these four not only did the two couples break up and clearly they right. were somewhat cool, at least Helen was or yeah. thought she was. They break up and they aren't friends anymore. Like, that's all my town would be talking about. Yeah. Hey. Hell, now when I see, I'm like, oh, they haven't posted them in a while on Instagram. Like, let's make up a reason they're not friends anymore. Yeah. And we know that the four of them had sex together on that beach. Right. On and July I'm sure 5th. other people know, too. Exactly. Johnny exactly. Glucky probably was watching and taping the whole thing, let's be honest. <laughs> well, that's another thing, too. Like, they just beat the shit out of Leonard. They're like, yeah. I know you saw us that night. Yeah, like, luckily, he gets murdered. No offense to Leonard. But <laughs> now he knows, like, wait, what happened that night that I saw you? Right. You know? Well, that's exactly what happens because Barry confronts him. And then the killer, we find out, is hashtag Team Barry because he's like, yeah, fuck Leonard. And he kills He's him. mine. <laughs> yeah. No one messes with Barry but me. <laughs> So one way or another, Johnny Galecki is not talking because he has a fish hook through his, like, esophagus now. No. Sorry, Chelsea, I didn't write the movie. No, I'm saying I know. And that's the thing is, like, what is this killer's deal? Because he's just, like, casually chopping up randos, but, like, letting Ryan Phillippe, like, shower in peace, stealing his jacket, like, running him down in a car. Much like this podcast, the pacing of the killer's antics were all over the place. Yeah. Like, he came out the gate sticking someone in the neck with a hook, and then he just plays pranks for 24 hours. I think right. that's part of it, though, is he's just trying to torture them. Like, you don't know when I'm going to mm. get you. Or that's true. also just because there is, like, only four characters in the film. So, <laughs> and they, again, they do kill two out of four of the main ones, which is yeah. big names like that. You don't always see get killed yeah, right. in movies, especially. And especially the Sarah Michelle Gellar scene, not to jump ahead, but that's a long one. And you know, like, uh-huh. she added her contract. Like, I will not be in this film if I'm killed first or if I don't make it to, like, this mark. Yeah. Because that was dragged mm-hmm. out. Yeah, and I don't blame her. So, Chelsea, you touched on it, but when Barry was at the gym, the killer, all he does is steal his jacket and makes Barry run around in a towel before he hits him with a car. I need to pause the recap for a second because this scene is very memorable to me. Mm-hmm. Like this and the hand job scene from Cruel Intentions and the photo shoot of David Boreanaz in the tub and the photo shoot of Mark Wahlberg and the Calvin Kleins Mm. like those are my sexual awakening love it yeah is there like a pop culture moment that was yours that's a really good question I will say I watched Cool Intentions for the first time when I was 
very young. I saw that that movie when I was like seven because my cousin <gasps> was babysitting and she liked it. And I brought this up to her recently and she was like, I did not do that. And I was like, oh, like I'll never forget seeing like Ryan Phillippe's ass. <laughs> like I was there. Um, like you did it. So that movie was like a huge of like, oh, wow. And then also my other cousin was babysitting me and put on Degrassi when I was way too young. And I remember <laughs> Sean from Degrassi who like I still like have weird feelings like how much I am into him. <laughs> so for me, I think, okay, number one, <laughs> The fox in Robin Hood, the Disney movie, he did something like he is a Bernie bro that puts his money where his mouth is. He walks the walk and talks the talk. But also Sean and Angela of Boy Meets World. Like I should have known back then that something was going on when I wanted to date both of them. But alas, it would take me another 20 years to realize (laughs) that I'm bisexual. And then also Alan Iverson, his press conference when he was like, practice. I don't need no practice. Oh, that did something deep inside. I was like, he's a rule breaker. What a bad boy. Oh, Alan Iverson, AI, loved him. So Julie has been doing her homework and knows that David Egan is the person they hit. So when she and Helen try to search the internet for more information, they learn that two summers ago, his fiance died when he crashed his car into the sea. So Helen and Julie pay a visit to David's sister, Missy, played by Anne Heche perfectly to get some answers and missy is a little chatty so the two find out she lives alone her mother's institutionalized and while she doesn't know any of david's friends there was the guy that came to pay his respect after david's death named billy blue billy blue which spoiler alert we're going to skip ahead to the end for a second we find out ray went by the alias billy blue but missy says we were sweet on each other for two minutes did freddie prince jr fuck and he did going deep undercover like and what he really like he was going undercover but like did he fall for her for a second because julie left him like i didn't remember that part i watched this movie at least once a year and this is the first time i've heard her say like we fucked you guys i don't get a lot of visitors but when i do <laughs> yeah. we go upstairs what was the plan here though <laughs> i was trying to figure it out what was their plan they walked up to this house they're like oh my car broke down and then they start asking like incredibly intrusive questions about her deceased brother it was just a lot she answered fine she i think brought him up actually she walked right (laughs) into it they're geniuses (laughs) yeah they were like we have to use your phone she's like you know who can't use the phone (laughs) my dead brother like tell me more about that did he have any friends was there anyone (laughs) could you give me the name of his best friend right but she answered though so that's on her true but you're right. I don't feel what was the plan? Also, did Sarah Michelle Gellar actually call AAA or whoever just in <laughs> right. case, and they would have to like pay the fee or whatever? <laughs> right. And then they sat in the car for way too long afterwards. Yeah, they should have sped out of there as soon as it happened because then that's what gave her hey time to do that. <laughs> Which again was beautifully done and just like that. And then like held onto the window as they drove like, away. Like there was something wrong there. Like they didn't give us enough. That's like a children under the stairs <laughs> type of situation. She yeah. hadn't seen the sun for a while. She's escaped from somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, she had Billy Blue Balls. <laughs> That's what would have been great. It's really brought it up to him, like while like they're like getting back together. She's like, "Wait, did you sleep with Papa Mark's sister?" <laughs> and I'm surprised Kevin Williamson again wrote this. Like in oh, Dawson's yeah. Creek, that's what would have happened. We would have not gotten out of the killer Absolutely. situation without resolving the love triangle or the like potential indiscretion that wasn't even actually anything wrong because they weren't dating. <laughs> Helen goes home and pours herself a Diet Coke without recycling the can oh. or putting the glass. In I the just sink. like Diet Coke. <laughs> I was like, love that spawn. You said, what, age well? That age well for me. It sure did. Because that's what I do before bed, too. But it really pissed me off that she didn't recycle or put her dirty dish in the sink. But like I said, white trash. So, So while she is not doing either of those things, the killer sneaks into her closet and waits, probably to kill her. But then her bitch sister says, oh, you'd be nothing without your hair. So I think she actually saved her life because then he gives her a haircut pretty similar to Josh Hartnett's in The Faculty. <laughs> and then the next day, Julie finds Krabs and Johnny Galecki's corpse in her trunk. So she runs the rest of the way to Helen's house. But by the time she gets there and back, the body and the crabs are gone, which I've been to Red Lobster plenty of times. And that trunk would have smelled like crabs. Mm-hmm. And the dead When body. they came back and they're like, oh, did the crabs carry the body away? 
<laughs> well, yes. There's a skeleton and seafood in my trunk. You smell it, Barry. That was good, Ryan Philippi. I enjoyed that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Wow. My God, I've been practicing. The way that Ryan Philippi talks is like his jaw is wired shut. Like he's got that yeah. same sort of uh-huh. like he doesn't really quite open his mouth at all, you know? Oh, but when I talked about his lisp on the Cruel Intentions episode, you looked at me like I was some kind of monster when he said, could you be more desperate to read it? <laughs> I said jaw wired shut. Same thing. I want to make that distinction. But also, where did the body go, though? I know that this fisherman has been plotting this revenge for quite some time, but like that was a very short amount of time to transfer that corpse. And on a main road. No witnesses. I guess it all just comes down to, yeah, like he was trying to get them to like turn against each other for fun. I guess. Before he killed them all. Yeah, anyway. because he cuts her hair, he takes Barry's coat and hits him with a car, and he puts a dead body in Julie's trunk, and then he just gives Ray a letter. Yeah, why? What? And I know that's what like Ryan Philippi <laughs> said, but it's so true. Also, you yeah. how you feel about SMG is how I kind of feel like about Freddie Prince Jr. Like he doesn't really do it for me. I don't really get it. Okay, so I love everybody in this movie, but I feel like Freddie Prince Jr. is a can of beans a little bit. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he doesn't feel like he's as in it. And maybe because you're supposed to think he's, like, for that five seconds, like, he's the killer. But he's not the best. I agree, 100%. Because when he's like, no, guys, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't know if it's bad acting because Ray is the killer and, like, he's acting badly. Or if just Freddie Prince Jr. It was giving Fred, like, his future in Scooby, too. Like, that was the vibe I was getting. Well, I also think it's bad casting. It should have been flipped. Yeah. I believe that Ryan Philippi is, like, going to be a stinky boating blue collar man that can like pull up Mm. fish and like somehow make it hot and he's going to be sweaty and like on that ship. Freddie Prince Jr. is a man that gets a manicure. He's not going to be like gutting fish and like pulling things out of the ocean. But I don't think that the cast should be flipped then. I think we just need to kick Freddie Prince Jr. out. Jeremy Sisto was originally cast as him and he would have been perfect. Because yeah. Barry does not get manicures. He needs his hands rugged when he chokes a female. True. True. I don't think Freddie Prince Jr. could have choked anyone. No. Could you imagine? No. Terrible. No. <laughs> so True. it's July 4th and the group decides to split up. Julie's taking a yearbook to Missy to make her show her who Billy Blue is. Ray wants to run away and start fresh. Helen has to ride in the parade as the outgoing croaker queen. And Ray will keep a watch. Which is kind of tough since everyone in the town wears raincoats. Yeah. And when Barry tackles that old man i understood because when i was a little kid at the bus stop i hugged the wrong woman i thought it was my mom (laughs) just based on jeans and i still think about it to this day and have hot flashes that was my worst nightmare add it to the list of things you know we all survived (laughs) but that's so true there's so much emphasis of like helen can't miss the parade god (laughs) forbid we skip the fucking parade so we don't all die and our open targets. But no, no, no. We gotta get the crown up there. But I liked her dress a lot, I will say. The dress? Mm-hmm. And she turned that haircut out. I thought the hair looked great. Like you that. know her sister was pissed that that hair ended up looking cute, oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> so Julie finds out through Missy that David was not the killer. In fact, he was killed last summer. And she figures out that David's fiance's father is the murderer. So now that that is figured out, the fisherman's upgraded from... Little April Fool's jokes to a murder spree. But before their bodies can be murdered, their eardrums need to be because it's the talent portion of their croaker cream competition. And when that old lady sings fame, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know what pageant that woman and Sarah Michelle Geller are both at. The Croker Queen in North Carolina, <laughs> she, actually. She was supposed to be competing for this year's Croker Queen. She wasn't 20 years yeah. ago's Croker Queen. <laughs> yeah. This felt like all stars. Like yeah. they brought Sarah Michelle Geller back and the winner from the OG. Like she was the original Croker Queen. It was kind of giving like that scene in Dirty Dancing where her sister is singing, but like even yeah. worse. <laughs> that was crazy. I, I did not remember that woman being that old ever. <laughs> Me neither. Wild. But I bet Helen and Barry wish that listening to this old woman saying was the least of the problems because then Helen witnesses Barry being slaughtered in the balcony. And now we talked about pacing, Sarah, and here we go, because now I'm going to read you three paragraphs about the last 20 minutes of the movie. Buckle up. (laughs) 
So as we know, the killer moves quickly because by the time the police and Helen arrive upstairs, the body is gone. Helen's a wreck and a pretty white woman. So the police offer to take her home. Unfortunately, this little shit stick Mayberry ass reject doesn't believe a word of Helen's story. So he walks right into the killer's trap, getting him gutted and leaving Helen locked in the back of a police car. Thus begins the greatest chase scene in cinematic history, taking us from the back alley through the town square to Shiver's department store, up an elevator, out a window, into a dumpster, and back down another alley, where Helen ultimately gets cut up behind a stack of tires as a marching band plays 10 feet away from her. Beautifully My done. girl. She, she did it. It should have been the other way around. They should have killed Ray and Julie and kept Helen and Mary alive. Like, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I know they replaced Sarah Michelle Geller with Brandy in mm-hmm. the sequel, but like, I would rather Sarah Michelle Geller and Brandy. Uh, totally. Combo platter. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't. <laughs> I do love that we know Jennifer Love Hewitt's emotional state based on like the greasiness of her bangs. Yes. I do very much <laughs> resonate with that. We can literally tell what's going on in her psyche based on just like how much Garnier Fructis has been plopped on that head. 100%. And like, that I much. feel like she adds a necklace every time too. Like, the amount of oh. necklaces she's wearing by the end, I was like, what are what are we doing? When did we have time to accessorize? <laughs> yeah. We're on the run. The more stressed out she is, the less clothes she's wearing. Yes, less too. clothes, more necklaces, and bad bangs. The bangs are wild, what they do to her bangs at the end. Wild. In those last yeah. couple of scenes. <laughs> Julie is about to get on Ray's boat to tell him everything she learned when she spots the name of his boat, Billy Blue. Again, not subtle. Like, you're going to make your alias what you've literally named your (laughs) ship? We know he's not the smartest. That's true. What what do you expect from Ray here? (laughs) But why wouldn't he have told his friends the truth then? Because, like, for him to think that... Anne Hayes would have not saw the boat? Fine. I mean, you are fucking. Maybe you would have brought her to True. the boat. I guess you can't now. But That girl never left the woods. <laughs> She's the love crawdadsing chick. <laughs> yeah, but those friends were eventually going uh, to see that boat. Right. As soon as they said the words Billy Blue, I would have said, I have something to tell you. Honestly, guys. I appreciated it. I am one of those people who needs movies to spell it out for me. And it was quite literally spelled out for me. I need to die in Lord Baltimore. Like, I need that moment. I am Billy Blue. This is my ship. Yeah, literally. It said it. But I guess then the other guy should have had one that said, I am Ben, because Julie could have used that as well. She's running from Ray and then onto this other fisherman's boat. She sees a fucking serial killer shrine, like the Always Sunny in Philadelphia meme, with like pictures of her and her friends in the street, news articles from Susie Egan's death and stuff. Like it's clearly the man that's been chasing you. Mm -hmm. But it's not until he comes in and says like, when you kill someone, better make sure they're still dead. That she like decides she needs to run away. It's Fourth of July, you should be doing stuff like murdering people and running people over and leaving people for dead. That's what he says. He's just saying taglines for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, also, he's been like waiting for this. He's been practicing. Oh, yeah. He wanted Julie. He didn't really care about the other ones. She no. was the one he wanted. Which I don't know why. She was the one. Oh, maybe because she knew better. Maybe. Or maybe like she's just the star of the movie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe. But no, you're right. That's yeah, actually probably. a good rationalizing because if he was conscious and like heard any of it, he was like, You were my only chance, oh, yeah. like F you. He was conscious, yeah, Sarah. Yeah. He grabbed a woman's crown. <laughs> and he could tell the difference because you know Sarah Michelle Geller's vocal fry or whatever he said. And Jennifer Love Hewitt's delivery. Don't do it. Oh, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> she does not tell me. I don't think she does either, but... whatever, Chelsea. So Then another chase ensues, this time at sea. And as Ray sneaks aboard, Julie comes across the bodies of her friends in an ice chute. Is that what that is? I don't know. I'm not (laughs) familiar with the fishing industry. But when I've had so many jobs, I hated my entire life. So when I used to work at the condo in Philadelphia and had to put flyers under people's doors telling them that their water would be turned off, I would walk (laughs) down the hallway like Regina George and throw them under the door like that just to make it more fun. But when I worked at Bubba Gum Shrimp company and had to like fill up the ice machine i would always pretend i was julie at this part like (laughs) digging through and then screaming wow (laughs) my manager was like is there a rat in there i was like no sarah michelle oh you were literally (laughs) just screaming in the back yeah every day acting not every day like once a week maybe (laughs) (laughs) the bubba gum shrimp version of like pretending you're in a music video looking out the window 
<laughs> yeah, just digging through the ice machine. Wow, classic. You can eat at Bubblegum Shrimp Company. My dirty hands weren't in the ice. We had an ice machine where the ice would be used for the shrimp, and then an ice machine where the ice would be used for drinks. I only used my hands in the shrimp. Okay, I was machine. not aware that this was a digging with your hands situation. Like, what I know you I were miming it, like, with uh-huh. your hands, but I thought that was, like, with, uh, you know, scoops. Ice scooper. So, uh-huh. Well, now you know the truth. So <laughs> Method acting. <laughs> When trying to hug Julie, Ben's hand gets stuck in rope and gets sliced off, and his body gets tossed into the sea. However, when the police arrive, only his hand is pulled out of the ocean, trapped on that net, still holding the hook. So we move forward one more year. Julie and Ray are together. She's happily enrolled in college, and Ben is back as a naked Julie sees the message, I still know, written in shower steam on the door. Cue the sequel. Cue the sequel. But also, like, don't cue the sequel because this made it to me, like, why did the sequel happen? Like, she knew he was still alive, I guess. Because it made 126 No, I know. And I've seen the sequel. I think I might have even seen the third one at one point, which is totally new people. Oh, no, I'm those, I, can't I can't quit. That. I can't quit. I just, okay. like, let them roll. Obviously, I know it's to show he's still alive, but, like, he would have killed her in that shower. So, is it a dream? Yeah. Okay. So, like, in the sequel, it starts with a new scene where he kills her, and then she's, like, she wakes up and she's talking to a therapist, and she's like, I oh, keep okay, having right. dreams where he kills right. me. Right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. I forgot. Thank you, historian. That's like the original clickbait. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Let's jump into final thoughts then. Do I do love this movie. This is perfect for spooky season. So if we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would we want the plot to a sequel to be? It's so hard because it like literally was done, not only a sequel, but like also a TV show of this, also like Pretty Little Liars. I just like picture any of the Riverdale kids running around. Yeah. Um, and then you also have like the Camila Cabello, Sean Mendez song. So I feel like they've done every version of this. Yeah. And Donnie's going to get mad because I did not do this assignment. But this time it's not because I forgot. It's because I literally ran into that same problem of every single time. I mean, every time I come up with what I think is like a super original sequel, Donnie's like, oh, you mean this? This popular movie that you just watched with this popular movie but it truly i think pretty little liars does capture that perfectly of like getting that text message being traumatized and terrorized via yeah. social media i do think it's been done again and again and i also don't think i mean there is something very unique about these slasher films in the 90s where they really did pull like the biggest stars of the time to do this and i just can't imagine a world where we're getting like the biggest movie stars right. all together to do a film like this. That's true. You have yeah, a like, point. would it have to be like Selena Gomez and like, I'm trying to think of people I have to write about Harry every day. Styles. Harry Styles, Selena Gomez, directed by Libby Wilde. Because <laughs> it's like everybody that was in this movie, like mm-hmm. even the B cast characters were still somebody. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, it's kind of like that movie Do Revenge that came out that has like <laughs> that's a true. lot. Because like, Sophie but, Turner yeah. is your side character. Mm-hmm. So it's true. that same energy yeah. in that sense where they had like a cast that went pretty deep there. And like someone gets hit by a car in that too. <laughs> it's an epidemic. <laughs> I did do the project. I want to hear. Mm-hmm. And so I made it a sequel, but I made it like how Halloween is doing it, where they're pretending the other sequels didn't exist. So in this one, it's 25 years after the original attack, and Julie's daughter is preparing to leave for college, but then the daughter goes missing, and a letter turns up in her place. And Julie knows Ben will never forget that Ooh. summer. So then she has to start talking to the daughter father again enter ray i'd watch it thank you so you're really trying to fuck that writer up <laughs> oh wow i think she passed <laughs> okay if she didn't this idea is taking her out <laughs> that actually sounds really good though no it thank does you. sound good thank you yeah. so final final thoughts what for us about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster I actually was surprised at how well the fashion aged. I know that that's like mm-hmm. what's in right now yeah. and the Diet Coke sponsorship <laughs> and uh, just the main cast. Honestly, like they all aged really well to take this literally. <laughs> yeah, I think the technology like we've alluded to, I think that's something that aged like Blockbuster. The fact that there's going to be like mail arriving for <laughs> an invitation to a party or just like a casual death threat like yeah. that would need to be updated. But honestly, a lot of it, especially compared to a lot of the movies that we cover on this podcast, a lot of it holds up. This is the part I didn't do because I really think everything aged well. And I truly do love Elsa. She was on like three episodes of Saved by the Bell. She was? I've never seen that actress again. Who was she in Saved by the Bell? Anyone memorable? Mm, She dated Zach for a couple episodes. 
So no. Is she not <laughs> Kelly or Stacy Carosi? Oh no, no. she was not Stacy Carosi. All right, so that's the end. Thank you, Sarah, so much for coming. We had a great time. I had a great time. What a journey this was. Yeah, don't you feel like you were hit by a car afterwards? (laughs) Don't, that's one of our biggest fears, Donnie. That's the final nail in the coffin. (laughs) Sarah, let everyone know where they can follow you and listen to you and all the things. Um, I am at Sarah Heron on all the platforms, and I do cover The Bachelor quite a bit, unfortunately. We are in a tough spell. Um, in Bachelor Nation. But if you want to rant with me or listen to me attempt to ask these people this question, best questions I can um, without getting yelled at by ABC, you can listen to Us Weekly's Here for the Right Reasons podcast. Um, or yeah, just go read usmagazine.com. Get your news. Perfect. Thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening. Next week, we're covering Practical Magic with Hannah Brown. I love that movie. Me too. So we will talk to you later. Love, love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you, you later. later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.